A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Good morning and happy Tuesday. It's 5.05 and I'm Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke. Today in the show, we have Scott Schultz explaining some of the research that's been happening regarding ticks in the state, as well as Josh Scramlin talking with the DNR about some of the CWD updates that they're looking to do. And then as always, we have ag meteorologist Stu Muck and we'll have a look at your markets and agribusiness news. And then to end the show today, we've got Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist in from Farm Futures magazine, Farm Futures. Futures.com. So stick around for that and make sure you keep up with us online at thefabulousfarmbabe.net. And while you're there, you can enter to win a pair of tickets to Farm Aid thanks to our friends at Mills Fleet Farm, built for real life. All you got to do is sign up and you're entered for that chance to win a pair of tickets. And you can sign up for your own free Fabulous Farm Baby Bib thanks to our friends at Quick Trip who are proud supporters of Wisconsin dairy farmers. And lastly, we want to thank Rural Mutual Insurance where premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong as they once again are going to be sponsoring our salute to farmers this fall. So thank you once again to Rural Mutual Insurance. That's been a look at what's coming up in the show and we'll be back right after this. I bet many of you don't even know that Wisconsin's got a school of veterinary medicine right there on the UW-Madison campus. Sometimes if you don't need that resource, you don't realize it's there. That's the way it was for Jody. Her dog Piper came down with an emergency gastrointestinal problem and she needed help right away. And she turned to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. I called them immediately knowing that I could get through to somebody and they pretty much walked me through it. And that alone just put me at ease. So I called back probably 15 minutes later and said, I'm on my way. Fortunately, that emergency after our visit to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine was productive. Today, Jody is a strong advocate for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and their expansion project. My name is Jody, and I'm the mom to my dog, Piper. I 100% support the building project for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, and I hope you will, too. It's a gem for Wisconsin. You can help. Go to AnimalsNeedHeroes2TOO.com for more. Josh Scramlin here on the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Hard to believe that it's already September. Seems like just a couple days ago we were ringing in 2019, and now we're almost towards uh, the end of the year. The first frost is probably closer than you think. And, Bob, with that, the end of tick season is near. Well, let's hope it's the end of tick season, and but also let's hope the uh, first frost isn't all that close because we've got a lot of crops that need some more warm weather before we have frost. Bob Bosol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but what about ticks? Dr. Jennifer Meese is with the Marshfield Clinic Research Foundation over in Marshfield, and she's working on the latest tick-borne diseases. Our Scott Schultz had a chance to talk with her to find out about uh, what she's finding out and what her life's, or what her latest research is showing us about the ticks and the challenge they present. There's a lot going on in this world, in this in this realm of research. So, you know, you mentioned Lyme disease, and Lyme disease is a very important. It's the most prevalent tick-borne disease that we have in the United States right now. Um, the CDC estimates over 300,000 cases annually in the United States, which is a big number. That's a lot of people. That's the number that's diagnosed. 
Um, there's probably some number of people that are you know, asymptomatic and don't get diagnosed, don't really get that sick, but um, there are a lot of other things going on in the tick world. Um, we have here in Wisconsin, we have anaplasmosis, which is another bacterial uh, pathogen transmitted by ticks. We've got um, babesiosis, which is a parasite transmitted by ticks. It's uh, really closely related to malaria or to the, the malaria parasite. We also know that our landscape is changing, and so we have to be aware of new and emerging pathogens that are coming our way. Uh, there's some viruses out there. One is known as Powassan virus. There's a Heartland virus, and there's a Bourbon virus. And all of these are um, relatively rare, but it's one of those things, the more you look, the more you find. And so the range of ticks is expanding. We know new ticks are moving into Wisconsin. We've got um, the introduction of a tick from, the, from Southeast Asia, the first invasive species of tick introduced into the United States in 20 years called the Asian longhorn tick. It's not a, it's a ugly little guy. So we just, we, we have to be aware and alert to what's going on in the changes. Jennifer, I have to tell you, I'm going to admit right out front that the hypochondriac in me is sitting here wondering how many of these different things I might wind up with. <laughs> and, and it's not even a joke because those things are out there. And are these new things or have they been out there and we're just realizing now what they are? How is it going? Yeah, it's, it's probably a combination of both of those things. As I said, the Asian longhorn chick, we know it's endemic to Southeast Asia, but we now know it's in, it's in the east, on the, some of the eastern coast states. So somehow it was introduced into the United States. We don't have any evidence right now that it transmits any of the pathogens that are native to North America. However, it's, uh, it's claim to fame is the fact that the female uh, tick can lay a thousand eggs without mating on a host, and they have a propensity for large mammals such as cows. So in Southeast Asia, there's places where the tick burden is so heavy on some of the animals that milk production has gone down by 25%. So something like that, while it's not a pathogen transmitter yet that we're aware of, because we just haven't been able to do the studies yet, you know, that's a, that's a Midwestern concern. Reduction of milk production would be significant economic burden to some people. Some of the others have been known to us for a long time, like Powassan virus. That was first identified in New York. And it's rare, but it's a combination of we've got better tools for looking for things. You know, there have probably been undiagnosed cases of many things that we just didn't have the tools to figure out what it was in the past. But truth be known, we also... As humans, we're changing our landscape. We know that as we alter land use patterns, the range of ticks and the pathogens that they transmit is also changing. We know that we have to be mindful and watchful, and there are people who are really interested in this kind of research, including us at Marshfield. So that's the kind of things we're, we're looking at. The changes in land use, how people interact with the environment is really important. You know, if you're an outdoorsy person and you more and more outdoor activity, you just have to be mindful of these things. I don't think anybody would say stop enjoying the outdoors because Wisconsin is a beautiful place to live and, and recreate for sure. Some of the diseases that you did mention, how do they compare with the effects of, say, Lyme's disease? Are they 
more harsh or more subtle? What what are some of the different levels of fear, I guess, that we should have for these diseases? You know, if you if you get any of them, obviously seeking care is very important. You know, you don't want to mess around with a pathogen that could cause viral encephalitis. I mean, those that's that's bad. Some of them are, you know, some people actually don't even really know they ever have them. They just get a little sick and then they get better. We don't really have great ways to explain why that is. It's individual immune response in in different people, but some of them are are kind of nasty. Powassan virus is um, can cause severe encephalitis or meningitis so again it's a rare pathogen but you know we always say in this field you know you have to be your own advocate for healthcare. and if you're not feeling well something isn't right you know you need to you need to get care and hopefully you you know your care doctor will um, help you figure out what's going on Lyme disease as we said is is the most prevalent tick-borne disease. Like I said, over 300,000 cases in the United States. So the numbers versus the severity, it's sort of a wash. A lot of cases of Lyme disease can also um, be pretty pretty bad actors. So Yeah. Um, we shouldn't be nervous, though, should we? We should just go about our business, right? Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, we but, can't live in fear of, of um, what might be. You know, as right. I said, Wisconsin is a beautiful state. There's lots of opportunities to enjoy the outdoors, and we would never want anybody to uh, be educated about these diseases and that turn into fear yeah. for certain. If you see a tick crawling around on you of any sort, probably should get it off of you, though, right? And, uh, and speaking of ticks of any sort, I understand that the Research Institute actually has a new card out with a tick ID system on it. Yeah, we do. We um, I have one right here in front of me. It's it's kind of a handy little thing. You know, sometimes people will be like, "Oh, I had a tick," and I'll say, "Well, what kind of tick was it?" And they look at me like I'm going to third eye because you know I actually think about those kinds of things. But this little tick ID card is actual size of the ticks. Okay. Some of the immature stages of the ticks that transmit Lyme, the tick that transmits Lyme disease, are very very small, and so this little handy card can help you identify that tick. Sometimes people, um, when they go to their doctor, if they know they've had a tick, that's really important for the yeah. doctor in helping to determine whether they should be treated for or tested for Lyme disease. So these handy cards um, that you can stick right in your wallet you know, could come in handy if you find one and you want to relay that information to your physician. How do we get our hands on the cards? You can go to the clinic website and you can find it. You can also, um, we will be placing these into um, primary care areas within our health system um, clinics. So urgent cares and internal medicine, those kinds of places. So we have displays, but we have some at various areas of chamber of commerce. So there's a variety of ways to get your hands on them. You're one of the researchers. Where do you think research is on where we are with ticks and tick-borne diseases? Are we just scratching the surface? Just Are we just starting, or are we deep into it? How are we? Yeah, we're deep into it. The thing about doing infectious disease research is things are always changing. These critters, like, they're adapting to the environment. They're changing their ranges. They're evolving. So, you know, we're trying to stay ahead of them. Uh, in terms of trying to understand the ecology and the risk factors and how and why people get sick or don't get sick. So 
So, you know, I'd say we're we're in the middle, and we're we're trying to keep pace with the pathogens and the ticks as they as they change because they've been around a long time adapting to changes in the environment. So, you know, with some of these the kinds of research that we're doing, we're really imp- interested in you know better diagnostics. So, I think we're doing a good job in that area. You know, early detection for most all diseases is really key to getting better and getting the appropriate treatment. So that's really important to us. We partner a lot with industry in developing new and better and more sensitive diagnostic tests. That's that's really important. One of the things with Lyme disease is it almost looks different in, in most people. Um, so when the, a person comes into their doctor, what your Lyme disease looks like might be really different than what my your my Lyme disease looks like. So better tests is really the key, and we're, we're doing a lot of work with industry and partners in, in that area to improve diagnostics. What drives a researcher such as yourself to pick a field, an area such as ticks and tick-borne diseases, in, in this one in particular, what drives you? You know, I wouldn't expect you to speak for the other researchers over there, but you in particular, what drives you? That's, that's a great question. Uh, I feel very strongly that for most scientists or researchers, there's a story that got them. So um, there's a patient, there's a bad outcome, there's a face behind a question. You know, I work in a clinical environment, so these things are all really, really relevant to the patients, to the people who I live with, the people I work with. So for me, it's making, it's truly, truly making a change for people. It, this isn't this isn't just esoteric. It's it's not academic. It's it's truly the people around me. I, I also work in a field of called uh, a research area called blastomycosis, and in that area, it's it's the sad stories that make you really want to make a difference. This is Jennifer Meese, who's a Marshfield Clinic Research Institute research scientist working on ticks and tick-borne diseases on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Claire, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. 
I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride. And they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Her barn doors are always open. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning. It is 521 right now, and this is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke this morning, and we are on the line with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, it was a nasty one last night down here by me. There was a lot of rocking and rolling, thunder, lightning, uh, just worked out to be pretty active. Now, a warm front has built up from the south, and if you haven't checked your rain gauge, it might be pretty interesting. I see lacrosse at 32 hundredths of an inch at the airport, Madison at an inch and nine one hundredths at the airport, the airport in Fond du Lac, 69 hundredths, well, about six miles southeast of the airport, my rain gauge set about an inch and a half. I don't know if I cleaned it out before yesterday or not, but rain amounts could vary a lot. There's a warm front building in out of the west, low pressure in the eastern Dakotas. Radar still indicating rain eastern and central and especially southeast Wisconsin. That's where some of that storminess is. That warm front's going to pass off further or further to the north. The rain ends will stay cloudy and warm today and look for more rain with a cool front here as we head toward later in the week. I'll have forecast details right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. This year, Compere Financial is paying out more than $150 million to our member owners. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. And we are back with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, how are things going to be shaping up? 
Well, let's look at that rain. It'll end from west to east, most likely through the morning. And we stay mostly cloudy and a lot warmer today. I expect it to feel kind of muggy. We ought to be almost in the mid-80s with our south winds, a good 8 to 18, gusting up to 25. Overnight, mostly cloudy and then some showers, even thunderstorms redeveloping later in the nighttime. We hold in the upper 60s, southwest winds at 5 to 10. Fog and mostly cloudy Wednesday, showers and again thunderstorms in the day. A cool front starts to build in here tomorrow. We still hold up on the very upper 70s or low 80s. South winds about 5. Some rain again Thursday in the afternoon and low 80s for highs. Stays pretty mild here, Reba, but I think we're talking about Oh, another half to three quarters of an inch of rain on into Thursday. Maybe the same around for Friday. Before this week is out, I think we could be talking several inches of rain in our gauges. So wet, but at least it's warming. All right. Sounds good, Stu. We'll check in with you tomorrow. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Badger UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear jewelry store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, GoodmansJewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street. Same spot for those 85 years. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state of the art energy efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. It's open house time here at the Princeton Clubs. Hi, this is Dave Gary, and I'd like to personally invite you to our open house, taking place this month at all our Princeton Club locations. We all know that exercise improves the quality of our life and makes a big impact on how we feel. Listen to Michelle's recent experience. I came to Princeton Club actually to kind of find myself again, get my body back after having two kids. It was a struggle to find motivation to come because I was very self-conscious. I would just tell myself, I'm only going to stay 10 minutes. And then I realized before I knew it, the class was done and I felt better than I had ever felt 
in so long. I'm here to prolong my life, to be happier. I'm happier when I'm fit. It's time to find your fit and write your success story. Get access to all our world-class facilities, try a class, swim in our pools, or just relax in the spa. Come on in. Go ahead. Get started today. Our open house event is going on now. To hear the rest of Michelle's story, go to PrincetonClub.net. Hopefully by now you've heard the fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee inviting you to join her on a Costa Rica and Panama Canal adventure complete with agricultural highlights January 4th to the 13th. If you haven't signed on with Pam yet and are interested but may have some questions, Holiday Vacations has arranged for a couple of regional free travel shows for you. On Monday, September 9th, we'll meet at the Reedsburg Voyager Inn, 7 p.m. On Tuesday, September 10th, we'll meet at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Madison at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and again at 7 p.m. Wednesday, September 11th, we'll be at the Janesville Pontiac Convention Center at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We'll also gather on Thursday, September 12th at the Mound City Bank Motor Branch in Platteville at 10 a.m. For more information, call Holiday Vacations at 1-800-826-2266. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed. Also, the Army National Guard's education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time, close to home, by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. All right, speaking of carrying the torch, RJ, even I, and it's not like this is a stunning math when you've scored, uh, given up zero points, but, you know, this Badger defense, 110 to nothing. I think I saw the 1942 Illinois Fighting Illini, the last Big Ten team to go 100-0 to start a season. Uh, I mean, yes, you'll, you'll, you'll look at the competition, uh, but regardless, to go 110-0 to the first 10 weeks, it's literally something that's not been seen in the Big Ten in, in 80 years. Yeah, although, I mean, even college football in general right now, I believe they're the only ones that haven't allowed a point. I mean, Alabama... Uh, Georgia, I mean, they've played some FCS teams. Uh, other teams haven't given up points. So you're looking at a, a team that I think we've seen a vastly improved defense with the, the defensive line being healthy another year under those DBs and the linebacking core, like we've always said. Uh, the next guy up is going to be just as good as uh, that starter until proven otherwise. And right now, uh, I don't think we can really look at this defense and say uh, there's going to be a repeat of last year. And you jump over to that offensive side of the ball, uh, all those people who were wondering why Jack Cohn was the starter, uh, fifth greatest passing output in Wisconsin football history, <laughs> 363 yards. Uh, and I don't think the student section knew what was going on 
because when Graham Mertz got in there, they were chanting like he was about to take over and be <laughs> be the man moving forward. But isn't that I insane? Think what, yeah, what we're really seeing here is probably one of the more complete Wisconsin teams we've seen in a long time. Uh, visiting with our Badger and starter RJ, and then you get to the next opponent, RJ. And you know, before we talk Wisconsin, Michigan, how about Michigan Army? We were all down at the red zone waiting to start our pregame showing that thing's going down and you go you know you go one step too far by rooting for an army win because at the end of the day that that hurts wisconsin and the big Ten. you know i want an undefeated highly ranked michigan team coming in uh but based on what you saw and i said this to evil i'll say it right now again i mean i i i would take wisconsin over michigan home away neutral field whatever i'm like the only thing that sucks about this game is we got to wait two weeks i mean i i think was after what i've seen I'm, i'm like dude bring michigan in here let's go yeah, I, I'm with you there, Joe. Uh, watching the last two Michigan games, they did not look ready to play. And whether that's because I know Michigan historically has looked ahead to games, so maybe they're already looking down the schedule four weeks in advance. They got a bye week this week, too. So we got two teams coming off two weeks to prepare for each other. We'll see what that does for Michigan. But in their first game, they looked like they didn't know it was coming at them. In the second game, yeah, it's a triple option, but they still couldn't stop the run. And maybe that's because, you know, they didn't know where the run was coming from, and that could kind of change when you play a more pro-style offense like Wisconsin, and it's it's a little easier to take your zones, watch your man, do all that kind of stuff. But the Michigan hasn't really looked like the uh, top-ten team everybody thought they were going to be in their first two games so far. Well, RJ, I was going to ask you like two two questions. One, I guess I'll start with the bad one first. Scott Nelson's now done for the season with a left leg injury. How big of a blow was that for the defense Like of, with a team like Michigan coming into town? It's always going to be a big blow, but then you look at, at the play of the, of the, the safeties yesterday, or on Saturday, and uh, you know it, it's one of those things that sounds bad, but... I don't think we lose too much with going to the second string. And that's nothing against Scott Nelson. That's all he, looking at the recruiting this, uh, this coaching staff has done and building a team that is able to take on a loss of a player and not really skip a beat. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yes, I feel sorry for the kid. Uh, he will be missed, but I'm not sure how much he will be missed. And then now the, ask him the good question. And then the good question was someone that we missed last year and all of a sudden has just had a force to be reckoned with, Quintez Cephas. Is that why you see Jack Cohen putting up those big numbers with Q coming back, baby? Well, you know, we, last week we talked about the two missed passes uh, uh, to Quintez Cephas. This week, those connected for two touchdowns. So uh, whether you want to say it was uh, quarterback oversight or the wide receiver oversight, Clearly they worked on it, uh, and I think we'll see more of that. Stretching that field, opening things up. This week, nine players uh, caught passes. Or last week, uh, this week, 11 players caught passes. Uh, there's just so many options on this offense that you can't stack the box against this team. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hunting season is fast approaching and the DNR is wanting to overhaul their approach regarding chronic wasting disease. I'm Reba McClone and now from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agribusiness News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday and Josh has more. 
Chronic wasting disease has been confirmed in Wisconsin since 2002 through testing of a deer that was harvested by a hunter in November of 2001. Fast forward to 2019 and chronic wasting disease, or as it's more simply known as CWD, still has a tight grip on Wisconsin's white-tailed deer herd. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. And according to the DNR's official website, there are currently 56 CWD-affected counties in the state. Recently, the DNR and its partners announced increased efforts to address this wildlife epidemic. Todd Ames is the Assistant Deputy Secretary at the Wisconsin DNR. We think bringing as much transparency as possible to what we are doing, uh, highlighting the things that, that we are um, continuing to build on on the landscape um, to grapple with this disease is critically important. With that being said, the Wisconsin Conservation Congress made three strong recommendations to the DNR, as it was explained by WCC Chairman Larry Bondi. So there are three main issues that the Congress came forward with and and hopes that the DNR will focus some energy on. And they are education, carcass disposal efforts, and expanding CWD testing. First of all, what the community did recognize is the department has a lot of very valuable information. However, for some reason, it's not always getting in the right places and right hands. Uh, the recommendations that they came forward with, I see it as very achievable, uh, very easy to implement, and I think that we'll have uh, acceptance and buy-in by the sporting community and the citizens of Maine. So with this, uh, highlights I'd like to uh, touch on in the education is uh, we have a lot of uh, DNR contact people in the field, wardens, wildlife staff, foresters, and we would like to see in their hands a CWD brochure that they can hand out with the public as they interact with them. Uh, we have our, our CDAC, which is another great place to have some of the CWD information at every CDAC. That, that goes in every 72 county as a CDAC. Uh, the other area that uh, we feel is very important to meat processors, uh, whether they are the people that cut up the animals or make sausage, uh, CWD information should be very readily handled, available for the public to grab from those people. And we know from our meat processors that they're impacted by CWD with carcass disposal and all these other issues. So they want to make sure people understand the issues. Uh, website improvements, the, the committee saw some areas within the DNR website that could be improved. Uh, and just to make it easier for people who want to find the information, you know, always hear the story about three clicks and out. And a lot of times this really good information takes about 10 clicks to get to. Uh, on disposal, the, we really like to see the dumpster program continue and expanded statewide. We all know what we heard from the sporting community when the emergency rule came forward, that uh, people want to do the right thing, uh, but they aren't sure how to do it. The one thing the committee really felt strongly about is we cannot regulate ourselves out of CWD. So we got to be very careful not to make rules and laws that put people who are trying to do the right thing in violation. Uh, like I say, people want to do the right thing, and we really uh, need to have, have them understand what the right thing is to do. The dumpster program was a huge success, and we see that as a great way to expand across the state, even areas that we currently don't have CWD, so that all the carcasses that are being moved around uh, or brought in the same area are put in the proper place. Uh, one of the other areas that I should back up, I missed one education that was really important, is there's partners in CWD that aren't in the sporting community. Uh, we have bird watchers, we have hikers, we have bikers, we have ATV users, we have snowmobilers. A lot of those people are not in tune with CWD and they don't know what to do when they see a sick animal. 
I would, I would bet most ATV users don't understand that they could be transporting prions in the soils that are attached to their ATVs as they go from the southern part of the state where CWD is, is already known to be and they go up to the northern trails and they potentially could be uh, a player in moving prions across the state. So we have a lot of partners that we need to reach out to in the education aspect too because this isn't a sportsman's issue. This is, this is a Wisconsin all-citizens issue. On testing, uh, we feel a DNR partners should help expand the kiosk program. I know there were some struggles with it in the beginning, but the, the study committee that we had really feels that there's an opportunity there. Uh, if, the, if the test kits, which were a little bit of a challenge that they felt for the public to get in their hands due to cost factors, uh, if there are people that we have heard from that are willing to put their own money out if the, to get a test kit if it costs the money. Uh, they, the free ones are great, but if they're going to be in short supply, we have to make sure everybody anywhere in the state who wants to test their deer has that available to them and can easily find a way to get one in their hands. Uh, we also see that uh, a lot of the, the social medias, the YouTube videos to show people how these test kits work and how, these, how the kiosk can work could be very helpful because we all know that the world is changing and, and how we learn and how people learn and how we disseminate information has changed. And those are very valuable tools that we see. So if you have the full report, you can see that there's a lot more than what I briefly mentioned. But I'm, I'm very happy to say our committee said thank you to the DNR for what you did so far and the work you have available. We also wanted to say thank you to the Department and Natural Resources Board for allowing the citizen advisory uh, capacity of the Congress to put forward ideas that we think are reasonable, achievable, and will be accepted by the citizenry of Wisconsin. Deer hunting seasons are right around the corner, and the DNR wants to remind hunters who harvest deer to have adult deer tested for chronic wasting disease. They cannot stress this enough. And as I was sitting in the press conference, this was something that continued to be mentioned throughout the entire presser. So if you harvest a deer this season, have it tested for CWD because there's more good that can come out of that than bad. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Congress is back in session, and they have a long to-do list, including the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. Ted McKinney is the USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs, and he noted the different benefits that would be coming from the USMCA trade deal, including benefits for both dairy and poultry. Also, he said that there would be benefits regarding biotechnology and other biosciences. Nowhere else around the world does a free trade agreement have that. 
And so by having that, we set a template we can cut and paste, perhaps, into other agreements. And it's a dandy. And it not only includes biotech as we've known it, the so-called GMOs, but it also includes gene editing and the CRISPR technologies, which is the wave of the future. And then finally, uh, there's been a complete rewrite of the sanitary, phytosanitary chapters. And for those that know that, that's usually where you get screwed around the world. People start playing with what's safe and what's not safe. I, I look to Europe. Oh, those GMOs, they're just not safe. We can't do that. Ah, come on. That was Ted McKinney, the USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs. And before I head into your market numbers, I want to make you aware of some of our opportunities that we have available at the thefabulousfarmbabe.net. If you head over there, one of the opportunities you'll see is the chance to sign up for your own free Fabulous Farm Baby Bib. And this is thanks to our friends at Quick Trip, who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture, and they want to... Thank you for being a supporter of Wisconsin agriculture as well. All you have to do is sign up and we'll mail you your own fabulous farm baby bib. And all we ask in return is a picture of your fabulous farm baby showing that off. The other opportunity is signing up for your chance to win a pair of farm aid tickets, which is going to be on Saturday, September 21st at the Alpine Valley Music Theater. There's going to be numerous artists performing, including Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, the Brothers Osborne, Tanya Tucker, Luke Combs, and that's just a starting of it. This event is sold out, and so you could get a pair of tickets thanks to Mills Fleet Farm, built for real life. All you have to do is sign up at thefabulousfarmbabe.net. And lastly, we want to thank Rural Mutual Insurance, where premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong as they support Wisconsin farmers in their Salute to Farmers program. And now I've got a look at those opening market numbers. Out of Chicago, cash corn is currently at 357 and three quarters, up three and a half cents. Well, March 2020 corn is at 370 and a half, up three and a quarter. Bean prices are currently at 859 and a quarter, up one and a half. Well, January 2020 beans are also up one and a half at 873 and a half. Wheat prices are also up one and a half cents at 476, with July 2020 wheat up two at 486. Live cattle are going to start the day at 9420. Well, feeder cattle will start at 129.82 and a half, and lean hogs start at 6260. AA butter prices are going to start at 217 and a half, with block cheese at two dollars and barrel cheese at 180. And October milk prices are currently at 1798, with November milk at 1750. Looking a little closer to home at some of those market numbers, out of Cottage Grove, cash corn prices are at 333 with cash beans at 784 and wheat prices at 418. In Jefferson, cash corn prices are at 333 with beans at 779 and wheat at 420. And finally, out of Dubuque, cash corn prices are at 320 while cash wheat is at 789. That's been a look at your opening market numbers on a Tuesday. I'll be back after this talking with Bryce Knorr, commodity specialist from Farm Futures Magazine farmfutures.com about more in-depth aspects of why the markets are doing what they're doing. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to get 
give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning. It is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke right now. It's 549. And we have Bryce Knorr on the line, commodity specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. How are you doing this morning, Bryce? Uh, I'm good here in uh, Grand Island, Nebraska, getting ready for the start of uh, Husker Harvest Days. They had a little rain yesterday, but... Knock on wood, so far it uh, looks like it's going to be a dry show, uh, which is uh, always good out here. Yeah, that's better than what we're doing right now. We had storms all night up here, so a uh, little jealous of your quiet weather right now. Um, but how are things looking? I know yesterday the uh, National Agricultural Statistics Service had their crop quality report come out. Right, and uh, the crop progress report for corn showed uh, a uh, significant decline uh, knocked about two bushels per acre off my forecast of uh, corn production, and it's the uh, the lowest rating of the season. The, the ratings for corn uh, overall have held pretty steady uh, throughout the growing season. So this is the first indication uh, we've had that perhaps yields uh, may not be as big as the USDA forecast on August 12th, course, we're getting ready for Thursday's uh, updated production estimate. Uh, but uh, what the crop progress report yesterday showed was a decline, uh, particularly in the uh, eastern Corn Belt, uh, Illinois' uh, yield potential dropped almost six bushels per acre. Uh, they've been missing out on some of these rains. And of course, now we're getting ready uh, for some heat to move in over the next couple of weeks. And it looks like uh, much of that area uh, is going to be missed by the rain that's uh, pounding uh, you folks in Wisconsin uh, today. Uh, that rain will not reach very far. Uh, in fact, won't won't go below I eighty. It looks like. Yeah, that's a really great point that you bring up. And you had talked about the USDA report that's coming out this Thursday. 
Right. So uh, uh, originally, uh, I actually expected USDA to uh, perhaps even increase its forecast of yield. That's based on the historical trend and all the data we've been seeing. However, this uh, latest uh, crop progress report uh, convinced me to uh, lower my forecast of uh, corn production uh, by uh, a couple hundred million bushels. Uh, uh, So that uh, will uh, take some of the pressure off corn. Now, at the same time, I think USDA is going to raise its forecast of uh, old crop ending stocks. That's the amount of corn that was left over on September 1st and start of the 2019 marketing year uh, due to lower usage for both uh, ethanol and exports. Uh, so uh, the uh, full reduction uh, won't really flow to the uh, bottom line of the new crop balance sheet, but new crop could still be down uh, perhaps 50 million bushels. But uh, uh, the trade looking for much more aggressive cuts from USDA I think it's still a little bit uh, early, particularly for USDA, to be adjusting its acreage figures yet. Some of the trade apparently uh, are calling uh, for a uh, significant reduction there. I think that uh, will happen down the road once the combines start running. Now, for soybeans, the crop ratings were mixed yesterday. Uh, The nationwide rating actually improved slightly, but when you look at the state-by-state results, uh, faded a little bit. Uh, but uh, the soybean yields uh, so far are holding up uh, with very little change, uh, perhaps a slight improvement uh, from the 48.5 bushels uh, per acre yield that USDA found in August. Uh, the uh, good news, I think, for soybeans is that it looks like uh, 2018 uh, soybean exports were better than expected, perhaps by as much as 55 million bushels. Uh, so that could uh, keep the uh, the new crop uh, carry out uh, uh, trending lower, uh, which could provide a little bit of stability to the market while we wait to see how big these crops really are. Yeah, and you were saying kind of for corn that you're with the old crop kind of increasing, you're not seeing kind of that come into the market pricing. Besides more usage, what else would need to happen for those market prices to kind of maybe start to rise? Well, we are seeing a good uh, rally here overnight. Uh, corn up five, beans up uh, six, six and a quarter. What we're going to have to see uh, uh, for corn is uh, decreased production, a smaller crop here in the U.S., which I think will happen, but it's going to take time. Uh, we, we aren't going to get, uh, I think, the final, the real confirmation of uh, particularly lower harvested acres uh, until November, perhaps even January for, for soybeans. Uh, it will probably boil down to uh, demand and uh, whether or not uh, China comes back to the U.S. market. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Bryce, for taking the time to chat with us. Well, you are out at Husker Harvest Days, and we hope you enjoy your time out there. Thanks. All right. We'll check in with you on Thursday, Bryce. Thank you. So that was Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. He does update his comments every day by 730. So feel free to go check.